The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. My name is Al Henley and I'll be running point today. I've got my brothers watching my back today. It's Sam and Robbie. How are you guys doing? We haven't been together in a while. No, it seems like a long time since we've been together. I know. Vacations and crises and all sorts <laughs> of things going on. And many, many trout. Now, that's a masculine journey in itself. There was. Yeah, I think no. life has kind of gotten in the way for the last couple of weeks. Sometimes life happens. I know. I know. And, you know, that's our topic today. When life happens and storms brew. And we've all been there. But what's the hardest part about being in a storm? Not knowing what to do, uh, not knowing what direction to go, um, just all sorts of things. Sometimes you get lost in the midst. Absolutely. Robbie, how about you? Yeah, there are so many bombs and things going off around you. You lose focus on what's, you know, what's going on. And, and I feel abandoned at times. And, and when it really gets scary, I feel abandoned by God. And, I'm, you know, that's the part where... You know, the, the waves are crashing over your head. <laughs> you know, for me, I've noticed sometimes, you know, it's gotten dark. It's gotten windy. The, the thunder's rolling. Lightning's flashing. I'm like, is there a storm brewing? Sometimes I'm just a little slow. But when you get in the storm, that's when it really starts kicking. And that's when you really, you know, you have to adjust yourself. And you have to change from the smooth waters, if they're ever really smooth, to, to the rough seas, the high winds and heavy seas. And I want to play a clip. This is from When the Game Stands Tall. And if you haven't seen the movie, this is the, the coach of De La Salle High School. And he is uh, speaking at one of his players' funeral. And he talks about um, how he feels when he's in the middle of this storm. I remember the first, uh, first time I saw TK. He was that uh, awkward freshman, all arms and legs with an infectious smile. A coach couldn't help but notice the smooth grace of his athletic ability. People always ask me what it's like to never lose. Today I am lost. It's as if life has taken more than it gives. And I don't know if I can handle it. Lord, I'm struggling. I want to understand why. Why, Terrence? Yes, Lord. Why now? But I know if we are to call ourselves Christians, we cannot ask these questions because to do so is to question your benevolence, your divine wisdom. But today I am lost. Wow. And that's powerful. And I've been there myself where I'm in the middle of a storm and I just don't know what to do and I get stuck. You know, Robbie, you said something that really surprised me um just because i haven't really thought that but you feel abandoned in a storm and the more i think about that i i understand that that feeling completely but what brings you to that that feeling i you know focus on the wrong things focus on how things are affecting me um focus on um you know the lightning or the fear or the darkness uh, in the coach's case, I, you know, I, 
actually never heard that clip until just now. And I would actually take issue with those are things I can't ask God because I think that's what David asked him many times is why? You know, what's up with this? And, and, and I think it's okay to question his divine benevolence at times to go, what, what is with that? And struggle with God that, you know, once you bring him into the equation. But that's the, the challenge is to bring him into the equation when you're feeling that you're out there by yourself. See, and I think that goes to how the enemy attacks us all differently because I completely get what you're saying, but that's not how I'm attacked. When I'm in the middle of a storm, I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? I, you know, I've got to do something. I've got to take control. I've got to, I've got to fix the problems around me, and I can't always do that. And I, I do feel alone, but I don't feel abandoned. There's always that point where I have to surrender. Sam, what about you? I think for me, the attack is, you know, the same attack it's always been. You know, the enemy throws at me the things that's worked. You know, Robbie, you were fishing this last week, and you, you throw the lures you know that work or, or, or the things that you know is going to, uh, someone's going to bite at, and that's what he does for me. You know, he gets to this point, see, God's not going to be there for you. Yeah, he loves you, but he's busy with other things. He's not really there for you because you're really not that important at the end of the day. And then the anger comes, the resentment, the feeling of, abandonment to some degree but it's really just more diminishment you know and so that's that's where the attack comes for me and having to fight through that fog and try to find jesus in the midst of that you know being men on our masculine journey you know our family looks to us they look to us for answers they look to us to fix the problems they look to us um why didn't you prevent this and so often we we want to take control and when we're left alone i can see i can feel that abandonment um But Robbie, I want to ask you this in the storm, how do you turn it around when it's been the one thing in the middle of a storm that you can use to, to get strength and focus? Well, I love the picture of the disciples. You know that (laughs) they're out in the ocean and they've been pulling on the oars and things are going bad and the storm is building and building. But at some point in time they go, Hey, you know, we're in the boat with Jesus here. <laughs> Maybe I ought to go wake him up. And and I find myself there and thinking, wow, I, I need to go to Jesus and, and wake him up, although I know he was awake. But the, the, the point that is, wait a minute, he, I, he's in my boat. He lives in me. He's experiencing these things, and so there must be something I'm missing here, and I need to figure out where that is. And so I go to Jesus like the disciples, and then, the results are not that he's going to calm the storm always, I found. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you. Is, it, is it more of a feeling of, you know, Jesus has my back regardless of the outcome? Right. Because right? it's not always what we want to have happen. It may not be the calming of the storm, but a changing of the direction of the boat that may be needed or something along those lines. And so it's saying, okay, I got to have faith that Christ, you got my back in the midst of this. You know, for me, I've come to a... Um I guess an understanding about storms that whether it's right or not, I don't know. But for me, it, it helps me to, to, to cope with it. And it's this concept that God brings these storms in our lives. Jesus brings these storms in our lives to bring us closer to him. Because what do we do in the middle of a storm? You know, when it's not until it's really raging and we're into it, that we say, okay, I can't deal with this. I can't control this. And, and I've, I've just accepted that he's trying to bring me closer to him through this experience. So at that point, I begin to let go of my wheel, which is the control. And I think of my ship as being my faith. 
So I'm letting go of my faith and giving it to him because that's where all my trust is. I no longer try to control the things around me. You know, just within the last week and a half, I have had um, all these different things go bad with that were high cost items. And, you know, first time I thought, wow, that's going to sting. I'm like, wow, this next one's going to sting a little harder because of the first one. And then it was like a cascade. And I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, I just, I can't worry about it. I can't think about it. I just have to, I'll pay the bills and make that happen. But he's in control and eventually he's going to make it work for his own good. The question, I guess, and not to get too deep into it. And I'd ask the listeners out there that as you're listening to this, don't hinge upon a word. Right. Right. Listen to the concept of it. Because as you're talking right there, you know, and you say, well, Jesus uh, does these things. He brings these things in our life. For me, it is he allows it to happen. When I look back at Job, right. right, he allows things to happen in our life because of choices of others. Or not our own a, choices. Or, yeah, our own choices. Not that that's necessarily what he wanted to have happen, but what he wants to do on the back end of that is exactly that, bring you closer to him. And I would completely agree with that, that it's not God or Jesus that bring on the storms, but they're the ones that get us through the storms, and he allows it to happen to bring us closer to him. Right, and maybe there are some storms that God brings in. I don't know. I mean, that's why he's divine. When I listened to that clip from the from the coach, part of what I was thinking was, I was right there with you, Robbie. I mean, obviously that's along the lines of my thinking, but I think that it's saying, don't. if I listen to it again with, with clear thought for me it's saying don't lose fact that god is bigger than all this right no matter what this is he's bigger than all this i do agree we can question him because it's full of scripture of questioning that's how relationships are if we never questioned each other right if we never had some iron sharpening iron moments like we had right before we come on the show (laughs) right (laughs) would we ever get closer and I agree with you, but I'm not in that school of questioning. Right. And I think that goes back to in the military, that training that you never question your leadership. You know, yours is not to question why yours is but to do and die. Mm-hmm. That's that's a military thing. But and I love where you go with it, Al, even though I don't necessarily agree. It's not, you know, I do question. I'm a questioning person. Oh, I know. I, yeah, I know. you do know that. <laughs> but I love what you say that there is... And, and, you know, the spirit led Jesus out in the desert to be tempted. I mean, right. that, right. And, and so obviously he brings us into storms, I think, so that we can see things sometimes to see what he's capable of, but sometimes it's to show us what we're capable of, that we have what it takes to get through that. And he can say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And so for me, he knows Al. That right. Robbie's going to be going, why, 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 right. why, why? <laughs> He knows the personality. He knows the soul. He knows how it works. Go ahead, Sam. I, I think there's some element of this that God is, you know, none of us understand God fully, right? And right. so the truth that we see in our life is from where we're coming from as we move towards him. Well, Al, you're coming from a different location right. over here. and Robbie, you're over here to the right or left or whatever it is. But the point is we're all moving towards God. And so these things will become even more clear as we get closer to him. And, and oftentimes our, our past, it, it conditions us to certain responses. And I know for me, in my childhood, I, I desperately wanted to find someone I could trust. That was something I definitely wanted, something I consciously sought. So with, with my relationship with my spiritual father, with father, you know, I just give that because it's so, to me, it's, 
I needed that as a part of my life to give me peace. Now, I'm not saying that for anybody else, but for me, that was so lacking early in my life that I, I grasped onto that. There's some, and I think there's also the differences in personalities. You know, we talked about the different personalities, you know, that we have. And for me, I'm one of those people that, you know, once I believe it's black and white, this is my faith. If God is who he says he is, he is beyond contestation. Who am I? I want to th- thank you guys for joining us on the first half. Um, we're going to be coming back, but if you want to go back and listen to our podcast, go to masculinejourneyradio.org um, and listen to our past podcast. Yeah, get on there and just see all these things we talk about that contribute to what we're saying, because there's some of this that gets into agreements and all these other pieces that kind of make a full picture. As we come back, we're going to try to unfold that picture a little bit more. I'm David Oyelowo, and I will not be news today. I will not merchandise my success with a variety of easy-to-pronounce products and services like David Oyelowo's olive oils, Oyelowo's royal oleo, or even Oyelowo's yellow oboes. No, I will not be trending today because there is a much bigger story that needs to be heard. Ebola still needs our attention. Follow the response recovery and rebuilding at trendonthis.org. Brought to you by USAID, International Medical Corps, and the Ad Council. For our troops and their families, the military is more than a career. It's a journey. And every step along the way, the USO is there. It's an experience that that soldier will never forget. That's what the USO does. From the time they join to the time they transition out of the military, the USO is there, offering programs and support along the way. It's way more than a free phone call for us. It's an opportunity to stay mom. And the USO makes it all possible. Be a part of their journey. Learn more today at USO.org. ship is my faith i love that don't take my ship away from me it's like he's talking to the enemy you know are you scheming to take my ship away from me are you scheming to take my faith you know and i hadn't heard grand funk railroad in years but dennis brought it up for one of our shows walk like a man and so i went out and bought a new cd i must have bought that thing six times now but you know, shout out to dennis who couldn't be with us and thanks for cutting that for us but um, I love that metaphor of our faith being our ship. What do you think, Sam? Well, I think it looks at, when you look at something, for me, that, that ship is control. When, when the root underneath is a distrust of God, and I try to take control of it, then I need to let go of that control at some point and step back into a trusting place with him. It doesn't mean he won't call me to action in the midst right. of it. Right? But I do have to say, I'm going to trust in him along the way. You know, for you, Al, you don't necessarily wrestle with that distrust that I do, so it's probably easier for you to let go of that quicker. You know, for me, I kind of have to get convinced, and, and they're not always pleasant ways. Right, right. And what about you, Robbie? How do you feel about the whole metaphor of your faith being a ship? Well, I mean, that's interesting. I, I guess I've never really thought much about it. It certainly, um, hopefully, floats. 
<laughs> no, no, no leaks in your faith. And, um, you know, I've never known a ship that grew, but this could be the biggest, you know, it's on its way. It starts yeah. out as a, as a teeny rowboat and it's he- headed to the uh, Queen Elizabeth. Maybe you know, like that's a, the, the chia ship. <laughs> yeah, the chia ship. <laughs> you, know, you put water in it grows. <laughs> well, you know, you made a good point, Sam, um, before the break that, you know, in our, in these storms, sometimes God, we need God to do things. Sometimes we need to do things. And, and oftentimes when father leads us to something, it's not always what we expect, especially if in the middle of the storm, we want to row like the disciples, or we want to take control of the, the steering wheel. I want to play a clip from field of dreams. And, and I want us to think about from this perspective that not always what makes sense in the world is what, what God wants us to do. I remember the first, uh, first time I saw well, that TK. That sounds a lot like the first one. Yeah. Ray, listen, we need to yeah, sell this thing, right? Ray, you, Ray, you have look. No I'm not money. selling Ray, you my Ray, home. Ray, you have no money. You have a stack of bills to choke a pig and come fall. You got no crop to sell. But I do have a deal to offer you that's going to allow you to stay on the land. Daddy, you don't have to sell the farm. Let us buy you out. We'll leave the house. You can what, live on it rent-free what, as long as you want. What about the want. baseball field? Ray, do you realize how much this land is worth? Yeah. Yeah. 2200 bucks an acre. Well, and you got to realize we can't keep a useless baseball diamond in the middle of rich farmland. Read my lips, Mark. We're staying, all right? We're staying. Ray, you're bankrupt. I'm offering you a way to keep your home because I love my sister. Now, my partner, ready to foreclose right now. Daddy. We don't have to sell the farm. People will come. What What people, sweetheart? From all over. We'll just decide to take a vacation, see? And they'll come to Iowa City. We'll think it's really boring. So they'll drive up and want to pay us. Like buying a ticket. You're not seriously listening to this, are you? Yes. Wait a minute. Why would anybody pay money to come here? To watch the game. It will be just like when they were little kids a long time ago. And they'll watch the game and remember what it was like. What is she talking about? People will come. All right, all right, all right, all right. This is fascinating. It is. But the fact remains is that you don't have the money to bring the mortgage up to date, so you're still going to have to sell. Ray, people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door, as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. Now, I have to tell you, I love the fact that the world is crashing in around him and his daughter speaking to his heart, and then he gets confirmation speaking to his heart. Now, when I first thought of this clip and this show this clip particularly reminded me of something that really has um stuck in my mind that when he talks to you and it doesn't make sense sometimes you still have to do it and there was a a gentleman i know that had a car dealership and in a dream he was told to start a radio show and he he was like oh this is crazy it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense and then he goes and talks to the station owner you know what i shouldn't be telling this story but (laughs) there's a guy here that actually lived that robbie and and this clip was really for you deep down, but tell us a little bit about how it didn't make sense, but now it makes perfect sense. Oh yeah. At the time I, you know, and again, I spoke about that 
you, you have things that are obviously not of God. When I felt called to do the show, my thing was I was terrified of public speaking. I don't like to do commercials. You've got to be kidding me. Get on the radio. I'm terrified of that. Probably still terrified to this day to some extent. But so I needed a confirmation. And I told you earlier, I always ask why. So I, I, I reasoned that if God calls you to do something, I had a pastor one time tell me that he always swings the door wide open. So my fleece, waiting, you know, like Gideon's fleece, was to go to Stu and ask him, you know, about the idea of running the Christian Car Guy show and, and actually hoping that he would say, oh, that's crazy. And then the door was closed, and I was certain that God hadn't called me to do it. That, that was, was just your out. The, Yeah, that was my out. Instead, if you know Stu, he <laughs> was like, oh, that's the greatest idea ever. How about this Saturday, you know? And, uh, of course, God did open that door, and little did I know a lot of stuff that would happen in my life where all of a sudden that particular decision made more sense in my life than maybe any decision I ever made, which was completely just trusting him in, in what I did not know was a storm that was coming, but right. certainly did. And, and so he's guiding your ship before that storm ever came about. And there's times when we have to completely trust God in the midst of the storm. But I want to play a clip from Bruce Almighty. And it talks about how we still have some responsibility um, within this interaction. God! God? Are you here? Hello? I need your help! Clap on! Clap on! Clap on! Clap on! Clap! On! Figures! Well, hello there, Bruce Almighty. <laughs> Not as easy as it looks, is it, son? This God business. They're all out of control. It's mayhem. I, I don't know what to do. Well, you're right on time. Seven o'clock. Seventh at seven. All righty then. There we are. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. No matter how filthy something gets, you can always clean it right up. There were so many. I just gave them all what they wanted. Yeah. But since when does anyone have a clue about what they want? Parting your soup is not a miracle, Bruce. It's a magic trick. A single mom who's working two jobs and still finds time to take her kid to soccer practice, that's a miracle. A teenager who says no to drugs and yes to an education, that's a miracle. People want me to do everything for them, and what they don't realize is they have the power. You know, in any relationship, it's there's two parts to it. It's it's a two-part system, and that's how the relationship grows. And that's where we have to be in the middle of a storm. There are parts that we have to take care of, and there's parts that he has to take care of. And, Robbie, you made a great point before the show in, about um, making that decision in a storm. Would you elaborate more on that? Yeah, well, the disciples were there 
you know, obviously working, trying to figure out how to calm the storm. They're out on the sea and it's going up and down and whatever. And the whole time Jesus is in the boat. Finally, they make a, the best decision that they could possibly make. And that is, let's go wake up the guy. <laughs> and there he was in the boat with him. And sometimes, you know, I'm out there floundering and I got to realize, wait a minute, Jesus is in my boat too. I can go wake him up at, you know, whenever I need to. You know, and you made a good point before the show as well about rowing. And I've heard that and I knew it, but it didn't click with me about the the disciples were rowing in the middle of a storm with the high winds and heavy seas crashing over the side. And they're rowing as though they can really make a difference. And I think of that little mouse that gets picked up by the, and I worked at a hospital and they had a big, beautiful front yard. And there was this chipmunk running in this hawk swooped down and picked up this chipmunk. And as the hawk's just flying by a friend of mine and I, that little chipmunk is running. Like, if I keep running, I can outrun this hawk who's got his claws in my back. You know, we don't get anywhere sometimes in the middle of a storm when we try to do things as it makes sense to us. When you look at what we're called to do, you, we're called to trust God in that, even when it doesn't make sense. And we're called to take those actions. The, the Bible's full of things that don't make sense. We're to be in the world but not of the world and so what a lot a lot of what god has us do won't make sense from the outside gideon paring down his army did not make sense moses taking the people to the edge of the red sea with no place to go did not make sense but it was the obedience even though there was some questioning along the way i put that he put they put that faith in god and continued to move in that direction until it did make sense and there's a uh, we have a realm of responsibility as well we have to make we have to say no to drugs and yes to an education we have to when we have two jobs make sure our kids get to that that soccer practice but the challenges i was thinking about what you were saying um sam the one that i is 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 so hard for me is abraham yeah he wasn't in a storm but all of a sudden i want you to take your only son Try that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. So, Al, what are you going to do next time you have a storm? Robbie, what's the next thing you're going to do you have a storm? Because <laughs> they're coming. I, I think it's it's time I quit rowing and start waking up. <laughs> <laughs> Turn to the one that's going to lead you out of it. There I think go. it's some time. He can make the ram appear in the bushes, you know I'm just saying? It's great to be with you guys again. Thanks for joining us on The Masculine Journey. We hope to see you again next week. Check our podcast at masculinejourneyradio.org.